What I have here is a welcome mat. Now, welcome mats are kind of cool things. Uh, they, they have a couple different names, too. There's, this is a welcome mat. And how many of you have a welcome mat at your house? Quite a few of you have a welcome mat. Or they're also known as doormats, right? So sometimes it's a welcome mat, sometimes it's a doormat. I suppose it depends on what the sign on the doormat says. If it says welcome, then I would assume that it would be a welcome mat. If it does not say welcome and people are not welcome at your house, like mine, um, I have a doormat and it is a doormat because it does not say welcome and, uh, and stay away from my house. Anyway, um, I mean that. Uh, anyway, so uh, welcome mat uh, is, is an important thing. Uh, we put them out on our porches for a couple of different reasons. One, we'll put them out to let people know that they're welcome at our house, to let them know that they are welcome to, to stop by and and uh, greet you and have a cup of coffee, something like that. So uh, we have welcome mats, but we also have, you know, doormats for another reason, and that is to uh, stomp the snow and ice and dirt and filth off of our shoes when we're in the midst of winter. It's coming. Uh, but uh, we, you know, we will sometimes roll out a welcome mat in order to make people feel welcome. And sometimes we will roll up the welcome mat when we don't want people to stop by. You know, welcome mats are kind of cool. Um, you know, I think that it's important as a church that we have a welcome mat. And that, that we let people know that they're welcome here. Because there are all kinds of things that can divide us. And there are all kinds of things that we can look at each other and say, you know what, those people over there, well, they're probably not welcome here. We may look at some people and say, they look differently than we do, and therefore they're not welcome here. Or those people over there, they behave differently than us, and so therefore they're not welcome here. Or we may look at some Christians and say, they believe differently than us, therefore they're not welcome here. And instead of rolling out the welcome mat, we roll it up and we toss it aside. And we let people know sometimes consciously, sometimes subconsciously, that they're not welcome here. And that's wrong. I believe that that's wrong. When we take a stance of us against them, it causes division. And Jesus, on the night before he was crucified, prayed that there would be no division amongst his believers, amongst his followers, that rather we would be one and that we would be united. Jesus prayed for unity among his followers, among believers. And so Jesus wants us to be united. He wants us to roll out the welcome mat and welcome people into his family. Now, we started a new series last week called Heart Matters. And this teaching series is all about how we can fulfill the last commandment that Jesus gave to his disciples, which was very simply love one another. That's the last command Jesus gave to his disciples. Again, on the night before he was crucified, he met with his disciples in an upper room, and he said, folks, this is what it all boils down to. The message last week was called The Most Important Thing. And if you missed it, you can find it on our website at gfcc.net and encourage you to, to check that out, check out our website, check out our Facebook page, and you'll find our, our sermons on there and our, 
opportunities uh, of things that are coming up uh, and more information about our church. Invite your friends to check out our website. It's a great open uh, door to, to find out more about our church. But we started this series called Heart Matters and we looked at this command that Jesus gave to his disciples to love one another. And here's the thing. Over the next six, seven, eight weeks, we're going to look at practical ways that we can uh, put this command into practice. How can we put the command to love one another into practice on a regular daily basis uh, and in very pragmatic ways? And so today, we're going to do, we're going to look at that, how we can put this command to love one another into practice in a practical way. And uh, when we talked last week about this command to love one another, we saw that uh, it comes from a Greek word, agape. Now, the New Testament was written in ancient Greek, and the ancient Greek word for love in this context is agape. And it literally means an unconditional, unlimited, unselfish kind of love. And Jesus said that we are to love one another the way that he has loved us. And so when we talk about how Jesus has loved us, he loved us with a humble love, with a sacrificial love, with an unconditional love. And that unconditional love is expressed in an unconditional, unlimited, unselfish kind of way. So that's the kind of love that we are supposed to have for one another in the church. And the reason that we have this love for one another in the church is this. So that the whole world will know that we follow Jesus. That Jesus is the Lord and that Jesus is the Savior and that we follow him. And the reason that the world's going to know that we follow Jesus by our love for one another is because the world is so full of hate. Right? The world, the world is a hate-filled place. But if the church could be a house of love, where we love one another in spite of our differences, and if we can show that we accept one another in spite of our differences, then we're going to demonstrate to the world that unity is possible, and that love is real, and that Jesus is real, because Jesus makes love and unity possible amongst people who are so different and so disparate. So, when it comes to this command to love one another, we're going to look at some very practical ways that we can put that into, pro, pro, put that into practice over the next several weeks. And then we're going to have a, a series for Christmas called Who Needs Christmas? comes from our friends down in Atlanta. And maybe you're thinking that. Who needs Christmas? Maybe you've had enough Christmas in your life. I don't know how that's possible. I just wish they'd move it to the middle of July. That's me. I just... It means so much better. But... When it comes to Christmas, we're going to talk about who needs Christmas this year. And then we're going to do a series at the beginning of next year called This Is Us. And it's who we are as a church and the things that we value and uh, why we think you should be a part of us. And uh, so we're going to do that at the beginning of the year called This Is Us. Uh, but for today, we're talking about how we can accept one another and what that means to accept one another. Uh, we're going to look at a verse from the book of Romans this morning, and we're going to look at the surrounding context as well uh, in chapter 14. But we are in verse uh, 7 of chapter 15. We're just going to throw it up on the screen for you right now. And this is what it says. It says, accept one another just as Christ accepted you in order to bring praise to God. Accept one another then just as Christ accepted you in order to bring praise to God. Now, I told you earlier that the uh, New Testament was written in ancient Greek and that the ancient Greek word for uh, love is agape. Well, the ancient Greek word for accept is proslambanomai. And you're like, oh, I think I had that uh, at a Chinese restaurant once. <laughs> proslambanomai is not an ice cream topping. No, it is a word that means to welcome, to accept, or to receive. 
And here in chapter 15, verse 7, it's translated as accept. Now, a better translation is probably the word welcome uh, rather than accept, but either one is acceptable. Both welcome, accept, and receive are three ways of defining this term. Uh, now, this word is found throughout uh, chapter 14 and 15. It's found in about three different occasions. Uh, and I want to look at the surrounding context. When you study the Bible, it is so important when you're reading the Bible to read the surrounding context, to know why the author wrote what he wrote and what he was writing before and after. So you have a good understanding of what that verse that you're reading literally means. So uh, in chapter 15, verse 7, he says, accept one another then just as Christ accepted you in order to bring praise to God. And what he's talking about is reasons why the church could be divided. In chapter 14, uh, he talks about some issues that were going on in the church at Rome. Now the church, the ancient church at Rome uh, in the first century had uh, two groups of people that made up the church. There were Jewish Christians and Gentile Christians. And the Jewish Christians were having a hard time letting go of their Jewish religious customs and their Jewish religious observations. Say that three times fast. But they were having a hard time letting go of some of those ancient Jewish uh, practices uh, and the Jewish, uh, the Gentile Christians didn't have any of that religious baggage. And so uh, the Gentile Christians were doing things that the Jewish Christians wouldn't do. And the Jewish Christians were judging the Gentile Christians and the Gentile Christians were judging the Jewish Christians. And so Paul is going to tell them, stop judging one another and learn to accept and welcome one another. So look at this verse with me here. Chapter 14, verse 1. It says, Accept the one whose faith is weak without quarreling over disputable matters. And we're going to talk about some disputable matters today in just a few moments. Uh, but he says, Accept one another, proslambanomai one another, accept one another, welcome one another without quarreling over disputable matters. And sometimes our faith is weak. Sometimes people have weaker, more immature faith than ours. Um, and we need to still welcome one another, even if we're different. Now, verses 2 and 3 of chapter 14 says this. One person's faith allows them to eat anything, but another whose faith is weak eats only vegetables. Now, Paul is not saying that vegetarians and vegans have weak faith. Okay, that's not what he's saying. And as someone married to a vegan, I can tell you right now that my wife does not have weak faith just because she doesn't eat animals or animal byproducts. She's just really missing out on bacon. And, Verse 3 says this, The one who eats everything must not treat with contempt the one who does not. And the one who does not eat everything must not judge the one who does, for God has accepted them. Okay? So in these issues on which we may differ, and these are disputable matters. They're not essential matters of faith. It's not we're ta talking about like the virgin birth. We're not talking about Jesus being the Savior, Jesus being the Son of God, and that God being the one true God. We're not talking about those essential matters of faith. We're talking about disputable matters. Verses 5 and 6 of chapter 14 says this. One person considers one day more sacred than another, like a Sabbath. Another considers every day alike. Each of them should be fully convinced in their own mind. Whoever regards one day as special does so to the Lord. Whoever eats meat does so to the Lord, for they give thanks to God. And whoever abstains does so to the Lord and gives thanks to God. The important thing is, is that God is getting praised and God is being thanked. That God is receiving the glory. But when it comes to these disputable matters, such as is one day more sacred than another, the Jews held that the Sabbath was the most sacred day. Uh, and when disputable matters like that, disputable matters uh, such as uh, uh, food laws 
disputable matters such as drinking alcohol. That's what he talks about uh, in just a couple verses. In verse 13, Paul says this, Therefore, let us stop passing judgment on one another. Instead, make up your mind not to put any stumbling block or obstacle in the way of a brother or sister. And then verse 17 says this, For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. That there are more important things than disputable matters. There are more important things than food laws, more important things than sacred days, more important things than whether or not you drink alcohol or whether or not you vote Republican or Democrat or whether or not uh, you uh, uh, go to this church, that church. There are more important things, essential matters of faith, and not disputable matters. Verse 21 says, It is better not to eat meat or drink wine or to do anything else that will cause your brother or sister to fall. And so when it comes to these disputable matters, if you know that a brother or sister has a problem with it or has a hard time with it, it is better to limit your own personal spiritual freedom in order to not make them stumble, stumble into pride or stumble into sin in some other way. So it's better to limit your own freedom. If you know that you have a brother or sister in Christ who has a a struggle with alcohol, don't invite them to your wine tasting. Because you're going to cause them to stumble. And limit your freedom, limit your own freedom for the benefit of others. And we're going to talk about that over the next couple of weeks as well. So that brings us to chapter 15. Chapter 14 is about these disputable matters and, and how we need to, to be unified and we need to accept one another in spite of these disputable matters. And then we get to chapter 15 and verses 1 and 2 says this. We who are strong ought to bear with the failings of the weak and not to please ourselves. Each of us should please our neighbors for their good to build them up. We need to accept and welcome and receive one another so that we can build each other up. Because if we're not accepting and receiving and welcoming one another, we can't build each other up. We can't encourage each other if we don't let people in. And then verse 7, we get back to verse 7. Accept one another then, just as Christ accepted you, in order to bring praise to God. Now there's three keys to this verse. The first is we need to proslambanabai, we need to accept one another. And that means that even though we may have differences of opinion, even though we may have differences on these disputable matters, we still need to accept one another and welcome one another. Now, it does not mean that we accept sin, but we accept sinners. It doesn't mean that we accept sin because sin is wrong and, and God hates sin. But God loves sinners, and God accepts sinners, and that's what he says uh, there. He says, accept one another then, just as Christ accepted you. So if someone is weak, if someone has faults, if someone has failures, if someone has sin, we accept sinners. We accept those who are weak. We accept those who have failures and faults. Because that's how Christ accepted us. Jesus accepted you in your faults and in your failures, and in your weakness, and in your sin. Jesus accepted you. He never said, you've got to clean up your act before you can come to me. He says, no, you come to me, and I will clean up your act. Jesus never said, Sean, once you get it all together, once you get it all figured out, and once you clean up your act, then you can come to me. No, Jesus said, Sean, come to me. And through the Holy Spirit, through the power of the Holy Spirit, I'm going to clean you up. And that's a work in progress. Believe me, that's a work in progress. But God is working on me, and I pray that God is working on you and working in you to transform your life and to make you look more like Jesus, just like he's transforming my life, helping me look more like Jesus. And when you put your faith and trust in Christ, 
When you put your faith and trust in Jesus by believing in Him and turning away from sin and repentance, confessing your faith, getting baptized, God fills you with the Holy Spirit. And He begins to change your life from the inside out. And He helps us to accept one another and to welcome one another, to receive one another. Because there's all kinds of things that can divide us. But God is not praised when we are divided. And that's the third key to this verse. We need to accept one another as Christ has accepted us in order to bring more praise to God. That's what the purpose of our lives is, is to bring honor, glory, and praise to God. And, and the, the problem is, is that we, we limit and we restrict our praising of God to a Saturday night or a Sunday morning when our whole lives should be living worship services to God. We should be thanking Him and praising Him in every situation, in every circumstance. We should be praising our Lord and praising Jesus in everything that we do, in every situation, in every circumstance. Our lives are meant to bring praise to God. And when we accept one another, as Christ has accepted us, it brings more praise to God. Because more people come in, and more people sing His praises, more people's lives are transformed and changed, and we begin to look more like Jesus, we bring more praise and honor to God. That's why we live. So when it comes to this idea of accepting one another, let's talk a little bit about how you can do that. You see, there's all kinds of things that can divide us. These disputable matters are the ones that tend to divide us. We'll stand united on the essentials of our faith, but when it comes to those disputable matters, that's where we start to divide ourselves. We start to say, nope, you're wrong, and I'm right, and, and I don't want to fellowship with you, I don't want to accept you, I don't want to welcome you, I don't want to receive you, because you're wrong, and I'm right. Or your, your faith is weak, and my faith is strong, and therefore I don't want to accept you, I don't want to welcome you, I don't want to receive you. When in reality, we should be accepting, welcoming, and receiving one another in all things. You see, you don't have to agree with everything, uh, about everything with everyone in order to welcome or accept them. You don't have to agree with everyone about everything in order to welcome or accept them. And sometimes I think we think, well, you know, we have to agree on everything. No, we don't. There are disputable matters that we're going to look at each other and go, you know what, I, I don't see eye to eye with you on that, but I still welcome you, and I still accept you, and I still love you. And that can be hard, because there are things that we want to, no, 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 this is the most important thing. And the problem is that we don't know, and we, we fail to understand what is essential and what is disputable. There's a, a slogan that a lot of churches have, have taken on, uh, including ours. And it's a very simple slogan, and it speaks volumes. It's this, in essentials, unity, in opinions, liberty, and in all things, love. In essentials, unity. In other words, we're going to stand united in those essential matters of faith. We are going to allow for freedom and liberty in matters of opinion. And we are going to stand together in everything. We're going to stand together in love. Like I said, the problem is we don't know what those disputable matters are. We don't know what those essential matters are. And don't get me wrong, there are some essential matters. And, and there are probably fewer essential matters than we think there are. But essential matters like Jesus being the Son of God, that's essential to our faith. Uh, the Bible being the Word of God, that's essential to our faith. Uh, Jesus rising from the dead, the resurrection of Jesus Christ, crucifixion, resurrection, that is an essential matter of our faith. How you vote? You know, 
There's an election coming up a couple weeks away. And you all are going to start posting on Facebook if you haven't already. And you're going to say, you're wrong, you're wrong, and I'm right. Or they're wrong, they're wrong, and I'm right. I, you know, honestly, I love living in northwest Indiana. I grew up here. I'm a region rat. Um, but the worst part, the worst part about northwest Indiana is lake effect snow. The second worst part, the second worst part of northwest Indiana is Chicago political ads. Amen? Can I get an amen? Oh, man. <laughs> if I got to see another Bruce Rauner or J.B. Pritzker attack ad, I am going to lose my mind. <sighs> I'm claw my eyes out. Anyway, um, but in all seriousness, we tend to elevate matters of opinion to matters of essential. And we let those things divide us when they shouldn't. They're matters of opinion. They're disputable matters. And we need to uh, not major in the minors. That's how we put it sometimes in the church. Too often we'll major in the minors. There are disputable matters that we can disagree on and we can do it in an agreeable way and we can love one another in all things. Whether it's an essential matter or a matter of opinion, we're going to love each other in everything. And we're going to accept one another, we're going to welcome one another just as Christ has accepted us. And so uh, let, me, let me poke the bear a little bit um, when it comes to some of these disputable matters. You know, one of those disputable matters could be drinking alcohol. And some of you would say, and, and some churches would say, if you drink any alcohol at all, you're not allowed here. And, and, and that you're not a real Christian if you drink any alcohol at all. And others would say, well, as long as I'm not getting drunk, you know, I, I'm not violating Scripture. And that's a, it's, so it's a disputable matter. And it may be one that we don't agree on. But it's not, a, it's not an excuse to not welcome somebody. It's not an excuse to not receive somebody. It's not an excuse... Uh, to not accept someone. Or it could be voting. You know, you could say, well, if you vote this way, then you're not welcome here. If you vote that way, you're not welcome here. Well, don't do that. It's a disputable matter. And you may see good in one side, and somebody else may see good in the other side and say, I'm going to vote this way, and they say, I'm going to vote that way, and you're just going to cancel each other out. God's still in charge. Thank you. We're not going to let it divide us. And we may see differently. And, but it's a disputable matter. It's a matter of opinion. It could be the type of music that you listen to or the type of movies you go to. You may like Halloween slasher flicks. Not my thing. Not for me. I like Pixar movies. I'm on the opposite, complete opposite side. Uh, give me all the Toy Story in the world. You can keep the Jason and the Freddy. But it's a disputable matter. Now granted, there's some, some discernment that we have to make when it comes to what we put in our minds and what we put in our hearts. And you may like, you know, rap music. You may like country music. You may like no music. You may like classical and opera. It's a disputable matter. It's a matter of preference. It's a matter of opinion. We're not going to let it divide us. You may say, well, I, I don't like that kind of music, and, and so you're not welcome here. No, you're welcome here. It's a disputable matter. And in those disputable matters, in those matters of opinion, we're not going to let those divide us. We're just not. What we need to do is stand united in love. We need to stand united in the grace of God and in the love that we have for one another, and the love that Jesus has for us. Yeah, like I said, we can have all kinds of things divided. We can be divided by our differences, or we can stand united in love. Which will it be? 
We can be divided by our differences, or we can stand united in love. What's it going to be? Love. That's what we're going to do. And again, we're not going to agree on everything. We don't have to in order to love one another. We're not going to agree on everything. We don't have to in order to accept one another. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that we accept sin. We accept sinners. You know, there's, there's uh, so many people want to judge everyone and condemn everyone and say, you're not welcome here and you're not welcome here. No, we don't accept sin, but we accept sinners. Just as Christ has accepted us. And he accepts us in, like I said, in our weaknesses and in our failures and in our faults. And as sinners, he welcomes us and accepts us. And he's the one who brings about the change. Jesus makes all the difference. I've said it before, and I'll say it again. We do all the sinning. He does all the saving. And that's what he came to do, to seek and to save the lost. And so if you feel lost, if you feel like you're not accepted anywhere, if you feel like you're not welcome anyone, anywhere, you're welcome here. And we accept you today. And we're glad that you're here. And we're not going to let these differences of opinion and these differences over disputable matters divide us any longer. We're going to welcome, receive, and accept one another in order to bring praise to God. Because that's why we live, is to bring praise to our Heavenly Father. And He is praised when His, when His children get along and when we love and accept, welcome, and receive one another. So let's do that, shall we? Let's do that.